0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Someone's knocking at the door. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, good morning, everyone. Like I said in the first service, Pastor Femi, something else. <laughs> let us pray. Father, we thank you for an opportunity like this. We thank you for bringing us together. As a family, thank you for everyone that's watching anywhere in the world, and we ask that nobody lives here. The same way they came, I let your word be a light unto our path, uh, and uh, just bring forth light into our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. And, um, Thank you, true worshippers. May God indeed uh, increase us and enlarge our coast In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to start with this song. Just handing everything over to God. Take the stage, Lord, and have your way. I'm just a verse and nothing more. Wow. Well... Just with your hands. we came, we live better in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, Amen. so thank you again, Uh, good morning, Uh, I want to thank um, um, Pastor uh, for this opportunity to share the word uh, with the people of God and I'm grateful, let's just appreciate Pastor uh, at this time um, for his his life and what um, God is doing in his life. Um, Thank you true worshippers, thank you true worshippers on both sides. At, uh, we continue our juxtaposing at this service so thank you for uh, your earlier uh, contributions so so obviously if you we were here last Sunday um, and before that you noticed that pastor is on fire for delivering nicknames and akas for people now <laughs> Pastor K is what aha so now i mean i have the bishop title so my fellow ministers you yeah, want like i want you to us out in the first service you yeah, also want um so be on standby you can thank me later and um thank god for for pastor so i, I t- today we will work with CMM uh, you see a couple of things come up on the screen and um, uh, we're going to start today with a quiz you know and you're wondering Sunday morning quiz you know I'm not in school why are they asking me jam questions this morning but it's a simple question and you'll see how simple it is so we're going to start with the first quiz and CMM will bring that quiz up for us and the question is who are these people who are these people? I mean, I can put a prize on the table for it. If you know the answer, who are these people? I mean, just... If you don't know the answer, I don't know the answer too, so we're fine. Okay? I don't know, just Google showing us people. Okay, but I'm going to show another set of people, and then let's see. So let's try question two. You know, who are these people? Aha! Uh-huh. That was quick. So the Israelites, okay? And um, of course, it's, a, it's an artist's depiction of the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. Uh, quite a number of people in there. Um, you can see Moses there, right? I mean, I know you can see Moses there. I don't know if that's what Mo- Moses looks like, but I mean, the guy holding the rod is definitely Moses. And um, in, 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 in Hollywood, I think some people have acted different uh, parts of Moses before, but um, let's work with this. This particular Moses, uh, for now, okay. So, so now we can answer question two: Are uh, the, the Israelites? And let's have a little of background about these guys here, the Israelites. You know, what, who, who were they, and you know how how did God relate to them, and um, what did God do for them? I remember, I mean, Joseph um, interpreted dreams; he became the prime minister for, for, for Egypt. Uh joined the Pharaoh leading Egypt. Now 400 years had passed, right? Now there were people in there that, the Pharaohs that were there did not recognize or remember what Joseph did. The Israelites were now in slavery. May God always remember us for good in Jesus' name. Now these were the descendants of Abraham that God had promised that, you know, you will be a father of many nations. Uh, and. They were strong, two million strong. They were people, they were were multiplied significantly, but they were in slavery and they cried out to God, Father, deliver us, deliver us. And God heard their cry and sent a deliverer through Moses. God will hear your cry and send a deliverer to you in Jesus' name. And the message to to, um, the Pharaoh then was, let my people go let the Israelites go so that they can worship me in the desert. You know, so it wasn't like they were going to party in the desert. They were going to worship God in in the desert. And that process of being released, of getting free from the Egyptians, took a while. I mean, that was when we had um, uh, the 10 plagues. Um, Pharaoh was stubborn about it. Um, By the way, Moses was 80 years old when this began to happen. So that's a message for some people. Um, it's never too late. And God will continue to do great and wonderful things in your life, throughout your life, in Jesus' mighty name. So that period was when we had the Passover. Passover on when, you know, I mean, God um, asked the children of Israel to sacrifice a lamb and just you know, put the blood on the doorpost of your house. Where we normally have one of the best prayers that we normally use to engage, which he talks about, when I see the blood, I will pass over you the plague of death will not touch you. When I strike the land of Egypt. So that's incident in Exodus twelve. So that's when all that happened. Um, I made a comment about Egypt in the first service, about AFCON, but I won't say it again. Um, but you know what I mean. We won. Um, so so they left Egypt with plunder, none was people amongst them. Um, uh, the Amalekite came, they challenged them, God defeated the Amalekite, destroyed them. Um, uh, 60 days after they left Egypt, they arrived at Mount Sinai. God gave the Ten Commandments. Uh, remember the Ten Commandments? I mean, the first four were, you know, worshipping God, not serving idols. And then the other six was about human beings, people relating with one another. You know, it's very clear that even from the onset, when there were laws, and even before the, 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 the time that Jesus came, that God has always been interested in people. You know, it could have made it nine commandments for him, one for people but was just for for him, and the bulk of it was helping us to relate with each other. He is a loving God. He is a God of people. So so in in that period, and we all know what happened before Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments uh, on two tablets. Um, They were not iPhone tablets, but they were just um, tablets of stone that God had carved. And he came down from the mountain, and the people that had gone through all these things, the Red Sea opening up, you know, I mean, God had fed them manna. He had done so many miraculous miraculous things in their life. They were already worshiping idols. So, I mean, of course, they broke those two tablets. I mean, there were some repercussions to the people that were serving the idols. So we start a discussion where God was calling Moses back. That, okay, come let me rewrite this thing for you okay and before you called him back moses had asked god in exodus 33 that show me your presence okay show me you know what your glorious uh presence means and god was going to do that okay god was going to do that and and in doing that while i explained that to you this this morning by the grace of god my, my assignment is fairly easy you know and by the holy Spirit. It will even be easier in Jesus' name. It's just to show you, kind of remind you a few things about the God we serve. Remind you and encourage you, embolden you by the power of the Holy Spirit about this God that we serve. And you live here emboldened and encouraged in Jesus' name, especially as we go into this season of prayer and fasting. I mean, you, you heard some of the announcements earlier, and there will still be some more around that. It's a special season. I want to show you, by the grace of God, the God you are dealing with, you are engaging with, that is limitless. You know you can't give what you don't have. So if God is limitless, that means he can make you limitless. So you can give what he has. So, so <clears throat> before we continue, we have talked about the Israelites, those chaps that you saw um, a few minutes ago depicted on, the, on that, and, and we look at them from a distance, you know, that oh, this guy that God helped, you know, they're, they're, they're in the Bible, many miraculous things, but do we see ourselves in the light of the Israelites in any way? Do we? Okay. Uh, um, one thing that pops out about the Israelites is apart from the things that God did in their life, they complained a lot. Okay, a lot, uh, and you feel like Four verses back to back. I mean, three days after leaving Egypt, they start complaining. I mean, by, by day thirty, I mean they talk, talk about food. God gave them manna. And a few months later, I mean, a few a few days later, they, they 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 were complaining about bitter water. Just a lot of complaints. And you see four chapters back to back in Exodus. God shows us what was happening in their lives. So 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 we look at if you go to Exodus fourteen, you know there is a part of that Exodus fourteen from about verse 10, talks about when the um, host of Egypt were chasing after them, just before the Red Sea parted. You know, they said, they told Moses that because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Such sarcasm, right? Why have you dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt if this not, if not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Who says that? God has just delivered you from slavery. You have going to be free. He has promised you freedom. But you are still thinking that you want to go back into slavery. Just because you saw a little challenge, God will help us to be delivered in Jesus' name. In the next chapter, they come again. And they say, they told them um, when they couldn't find water. Then the people complained. That's Exodus 15, 24. And turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. These are people that the Red Sea just opened up and they passed, and they're still now complaining about, about water. The next chapter again, 16, they come at Moses, you know, and, and said, The whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, That's to Aaron and Moses, Oh, that we died in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. They were in slavery. Like we said earlier, you know, I'm sure if when that was happening, and I mean, maybe that was WhatsApp in heaven or or TikTok or whatever, and the angels were probably just beeping themselves that, ah, look at what these guys are saying, that they were what? They were eating pots of meat and bread to the full as slaves. Of course, we know that's not true. You know, they have been sharing emojis of, you know, hand on their head and, um, you know, face palm that these guys are just amazing. You know, and they're telling Moses that, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Serious complaining. Of course, God gave them manna, God gave them quail. And, and then, even in verse 17, they continue. Once more, the people complained against Moses, give us water to drink. They demanded. You know, I mean, these are people that miracles that happened so despite all these things god continued with them because of his covenant with abraham because he is who he is he continued working with them and we see and ask ourselves a few questions and i'm going to ask you those questions i have asked myself those questions you know has god delivered you from any sort of challenge or oppression before if you are here and god has delivered you before let me see by show of hands. God has delivered from something before. Me too, right? And then I follow-up question I ask myself is, in that period, have I ever said anything like, oh, I'll never do this again, or I'll do this particular thing at this time, you know? Are you like that? Did you do, did you do it all the time? I broke that promise sometimes, once, once or twice, just like the Israelites did. And if you read the book of Exodus, there are so many times That they will tell Moses and tell God, oh, we'll do everything you tell us to do. We'll do everything you tell us to do. But we all have those shortcomings. Paul talked about it even in Romans 7. When he says, the things I want to do, I don't even do them. It's a a flaw that we all have. But God continues to see us through. Or is it that have you never complained to God in between miracles? If you've never complained to God before, let me see your hand. We do that. So are we really that different from the children of Israel? Really? Are we really that different? So let's switch to how God dealt with them, how God continued to walk with these children of Israel, even though we have some similar uh, uh, traits. Okay? And in doing that, you know, we had talked about Moses asking God to say, okay, tell me, you you know, what... You, I mean, Show me your glory, okay? And, and let, let's see how how God did that. But before we start, okay, uh, we, we, we had a little exercise in the first service, and let's try it again. Uh, if you did it, one in the first service, you can try another method this time. So, I know we're wearing masks, and please don't remove your mask. But choose a partner, look around you, choose a partner, make eye contact. I agree that your partner just look around you, find a partner, make eye contact. Okay, uh, you have your partners now. Just Okay, now so we're going to introduce ourselves. So don't worry much about if the person can hear you or not. Just be conscious of what you are introducing yourself as. Okay, so so we're going to go to 20 seconds, decide who's going to go first. Okay? So 20 seconds. So person one, introduce yourself to the other person. Introduce yourself. I'm just 20 seconds, keep going. Okay, if you can't hear them, don't worry, they know what they're saying. Okay. Excellent. So switch. So person two, you now introduce yourself. I can hear a lot of chuckling and chuckling. I hope you guys are can introduce yourselves. Okay. Amen. Done. So we introduce ourselves. So for you, the person that was introducing himself or herself. Did you mention your name? okay did you talk about where you work maybe did you talk about maybe the department you work in church you might have talked about the number of children you have right um you have talked about i mean different things um i hope you didn't share your account number um to some people and um for 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 the people that waited behind after the first service if you are single i hope you added that Good, 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 good. So don't waste that opportunity. And um, so there are some basic things we always share when we introduce ourselves. You know that. You know I'm mean, your name, a few things about you. Okay? Um, and um, some people might have even shared a complimentary card or two uh, in that process of introduction. But how does God introduce himself? How does the God who has chosen to favor the Israelites, that has chosen to favor us at God's very house, the one that is limitless, how does he introduce himself? How does the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that has no beginning, that has no end, how does he introduce himself? How does the one that created man from dust, how does he introduce himself? The one that the Bible says can fit fit and make the earth a footstool, how does he talk about, I mean, we talk about him, how does he introduce himself? We can see a glimpse of that in, in Job, you know, which almost, we could add, say it's like God's CV. You know, God was telling Job about himself, and he saw that in Job 38, 39, and 40. When you get to read it, you know, I mean, that's, those three or four verses, profound. You see things there about God asking Job about, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? God laid the foundation of the earth. You know, tell me, if you know so much, who determined the dimensions of the earth? This is powerful. This is God showing that he is powerful. You know, what supports that foundation? Who laid the cornerstone? We all know what cornerstones are, right? When you want to build a house, that first block that they used to set the dimensions of where the direction of the house will face. God laid the foundation, that cornerstone for the earth. By the way, if not built here, by the grace of God and his limitless grace and mercy, you will build your own house in Jesus' mighty name. You know, it talked about who kept the sea inside its boundaries. This is God, I am mean, just talking about, but that was in Job. But when Moses asked to see God's glorious presence, and God introduced himself in his glorious presence, what, what does God's glorious presence mean in the first instance? I uh, so let, let's put up that, that connotation of what God's glorious presence means in the first instance. It's the character, nature, and his way of relating to his creation. So, so if, if God was going to introduce himself, it would be by his, show his character, his nature, and how it relates to his creation. That is God's glorious presence. Now, when we introduce ourselves, we talk about our names and the things we do, number of children we have, etc., like you did, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But God is God, is Yahweh, and that was the way he introduced himself, okay? And that will take us to our anchor text in Exodus 34, verses 5 to 8. Exodus 34, 5 to 8, the New Living Translation. I'll read from verse 5. This is God now introducing himself when Moses asked. The Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with Moses. And he called out his own name, Yahweh. Let's read that introduction together from verse 6. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger. And filled with unfailing love and faithfulness i lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations i forgive iniquity rebellion and sin but i do not excuse the guilty i lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren and the entire family is affected even children the third and fourth generation verse 8 says moses immediately threw himself to the ground and what worshiped in the chronology of the bible you know, Genesis all the way to where we are in Exodus 34. I mean, God typically will introduce himself, you know, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I am that I am. But this was the first time, and read all the way to, that he will just explain himself, introduce himself by his own nature. Very first time. Very important. This is how God sees himself. And we see those in verses five through eight. Now, if God introduced Himself and didn't introduce Himself by His power, I mean, in the way He introduced Himself to Moses, was pretty much talking about love. He didn't talk about, oh, this is what I, this is what I can do, this is where. I mean, He talked about that later, but the first time He introduced Himself, He was focused more on love. If you had to choose between love and power, which one would you choose? Love or power? Love or power? Can you love somebody without showing them your power if they're in trouble? Is it possible? If somebody loves me or loves you and you're in trouble, they have the power, they would use what's in their power to help you, right? How many of you know very powerful people here? I mean, you know the president of Russia, Putin. You know the president of the US. You even know the president of Nigeria. Are they powerful people? Do they know you personally? Is that useful to you in any way? But do you know people that love you? If they love you, do you know that they use their power to help you? Is it not better to have that one than the power that you can't access? That's what God is showing you. But fortunately for us, the person that is showing us love now has all the power. Can you imagine? You know, he has all the power. So you, I mean, you've just got it two for two in there. So God is showing himself by his love, but coming with that package is the power of God. I and mean, may the power of God be evident in your life in Jesus' mighty name. And, and, and in doing that, you know, in God introducing himself, sometimes, you know, we, we, we switch this thing around. You know, we, we, we switch it around. And we'll come back to that switching around in a moment. But in that introduction, okay, if God had a complimentary card, you know, maybe one of two people shared complimentary cards during that introduction we did. If God had a complimentary card, what do you think it would look like? We made an attempt at trying God's complimentary cards here. Can you imagine God giving you this card from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit Unlimited saying that he is Yahweh limitless and is full of compassion, full of mercy, full of love, grace, faithfulness, forgiveness, and justice. And then you now see that card and you see at the bottom of it it says, the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. It now tells you, see me in my office. Will you go or will you not go? Can you see that contact at the top there? I have to contact him through what? Prayer, praise, and prayer and fasting and worship. God wants you to see him in his office. Will you be there? Amen. Amen. So, so, so as 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 we go uh, and see, talk me about this introduction. You know, there, there's something we typically do. Uh, as humans and it, it, it's just a flaw you know we, we, we focus on negatives a bit more than, than positives so, so you know that most of us we swap around the way God introduced himself let's look at that swap when Isleman puts it up Okay, so, so if you look at this graphic right it's the same thing we read in verses 6 and 7 but what God said is on your left which is it's slow to anger, filled with unfailing love, faithfulness, you know. Um, it forgives us. But it does not excuse the guilty, the wicked. It doesn't. But we flip it around and start with the part of, you know, not excusing the guilty, you know. And uh, we start from there and try to see how we can make ourselves better before we approach God. But that's not what God said. It comes to you with compassion, with mercy, slow to anger, unfailing love, faithfulness. By the time you go through that first part, you probably might never get to the second part of it. But we sometimes switch it around and try to justify why we think that's not what God said. That is not what God said. And as we go this morning, we will focus on everything God said about Himself and see how. That applies to us, especially in this season that we're going through. So don't, don't let anybody, I mean, confuse an argument that, you know, the God of the Old Testament is just a vengeful God, you know. Remember, he said he's slow to anger and that his love cannot be diminished. You know, by this introduction from God, he revealed to Moses the very heart of his own nature. So the question now is. Let's see what it means by this thing we have said, as we break it down very quickly, in as simple a manner as possible. Just like Pastor will do, just like our culture is in gospel we have. Make this very simple. The important thing is, internalize this nature of God as we go into this season of fasting, prayer, praise, and worship, and understand the God that you are meeting. Understand how he's introducing himself. And the first thing he's talked about there is compassion. Compassion. What does that mean in simple terms? To recognize the suffering of others and to take action to help. Recognize the suffering of others and take action to help. Do you see yourself in this? Do you see yourself anyway benefiting from God's compassion? I see myself, and when we sing songs like, "My My Helper, My Helper, My Helper. about that problem, that challenge, that you need God oh to have compassion no. on you. And just bring Jesus, that song to him. It's just your, grace, it's your, grace, your that grace that makes me come me into you your presence. Bye. his compassion he is compelled he sees your suffering your challenges and he's taking action to help when you sing that song think about god's nature like that that is how he's built that's how he built himself now as we begin to fast and pray in this season remember be expectant he's compassionate be expectant there's nothing wrong with that and it says here that is the god of mercy god of compassion and mercy don't, don't, notice he didn't say, I am a God of compassion and mercy. Mm-mm. There's a difference between a God of compassion and mercy and the God of compassion and mercy. They mean two different things. That means there's nobody beyond him in terms of compassion and mercy. Everything else filters from that. So you say it's the God of compassion and mercy. And he's saying that is mercy. What does mercy mean in terms of mercy? And Pastor has taught us this many times. Not getting the punishment we deserve not getting the punishment that we deserve in Psalm 136 it says that his mercy endureth forevermore you know you know that verse that we went inside Psalm 136 we talk about it said that every verse ends with for his mercy endureth forever remember for his mercy and endureth forever means that his mercy is limitless do you see yourself benefiting from this limitless mercy when we read those verses and we're praying, opening up for prayer, those are things that you should always internalize. Do you see yourself benefiting from this limitless mercy? You know, I mean, there's a song that goes to my heart, comes to my heart when, when, when I think about the mercy of God. It's that song about Yoda that says, You look beyond me, oh. You look beyond me, oh. You look past my sin, my, my guilt God. and shame for your love. You look beyond me, oh. You look beyond me, oh you look past my sin, my guilt and shift for oh, your love. love. You look beyond me, oh you look beyond me. in Jesus' mighty name. And mercy and grace, they, they, they go together in the way that God's nature is. And what does grace mean? You know, blessing you despite the fact that you don't deserve it. You know, we talk about not getting punishment that we deserve. Now it's talking about beyond that, even blessing us despite the fact that we don't deserve it. That's what grace means. Grace, that's what it means. And if your name is Grace, even double portion for you. Grace, that's what it means. It says, and and when we share the grace, you know, we tried in the first service, you know, it's very easy for us to just think of it as a grace and just say it and leave. Even when pastor is pronouncing it, even when we're sharing it ourselves. No, that grace means something. You need to make sure you absorb it, internalize it. Don't just make it a normal thing about grace. And I think we should try it now, you know, and just share the grace. We're not closing service yet. We're just going to share the grace and share it from a place of understanding that this grace means, you know, that God will bless me despite the fact that I don't deserve it. So can we share the grace? Can we try it? Okay. May... The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. The grace of God will be with you. And in in, in Hebrews 4, 6, you know, because of the sacrifice that God made for us, Jesus died for us on the cross. He says that we, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness, so that we can receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Are you in a time of need? Are you ever in a time of need? God is saying that you can approach him with confidence, with confidence because of the sacrifice that Jesus had made on the cross and obtain mercy to help you in a time of need. God is asking you this season, approach me, be confident. It's my nature to be graceful to be gracious, approach Him with confidence. And may God give you the grace to approach Him with confidence in Jesus' mighty name. Another attribute in His nature that He introduced Himself is unfailing love. Unfailing love. I mean, those are two words that are yeah, unfailing and love combined together in God's nature. What does it mean in the simplest terms? It just means God's love never changes. Never. Totally totally unconditional love never changes. I don't think you know anybody else apart from God that has unconditional love that His love never changes. I don't think. If you know the person, maybe is Jesus, maybe the Holy Spirit. But if you know anybody, other person, let me know, that has unconditional love. God is telling us that, and it reminds us in Ephesians 3:18. 18. It says, may you have the power together with all the Lord's holy people in God's holy house, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep the love of Christ is. it It reminds us in Romans 8 that nothing can separate us from the love of God. That means that love is limitless. No matter how far, no matter where you are, the love of God will find you there. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. When you sing songs, Hear it on the radio like this. Jesus, you love me too much. Too Too much much, oh too much oh excess love. Oh Oh. Jesus you love. Love. those songs mean something about the nature of God they're just not sounding melodious internalize it that God you love me unfailingly and may God continue to show his love to you in Jesus' mighty name then I mean, we talk about when he talked about his faithfulness God introduced himself as being faithful in the simplest terms, what does faithfulness mean? It just means the quality of being true to one's word or commitment. Quality of being true to one's word or commitment. Is God a man that you should lie? He's not. He's the one that says it and he does it. My question to you this morning is Has God shared anything with you and told you he would do anything for you in the past? As he, he's saying there that he is faithful. He is faithful. He will bring it to pass. This season, bring those things back to God's remembrance. Tell him to open the book of remembrance and ask him that you are faithful, my father. These things he told me about, it, how far. And God will answer you in Jesus' name. His faithfulness is unshakable. It says here in the songs that we sing, that when we say, you yeah, are too faithful to fail me. Oh Jesus. You yeah, are too faithful to, oh, to disappoint me. You have proven yourself. You've proven yourself in my life. And I've come to realize you yeah, are too faithful. is too faithful to fail you. Faithfulness is the concept of unfailingly remaining loyal to someone or something. And putting that loyalty into consistent practice regardless of circumstances. That is who our God is. That his faithfulness is limitless. Another thing that he shared about himself that is available to us because it is in his nature of Yahweh limitless is forgiveness and we talk about this all the time you know about God wanting us to forgive other people you know if you bring your sacrifice if you've not God forgiving somebody you know go do that first before you bring it you know 70 times 70 times forgive Jesus even did it the last thing one of the things he did on the cross when he was crucified Father forgive them but in God's nature what does that mean in the simplest terms it doesn't want to be angry with you and he has no desire to punish. That's what forgiveness is. That is the nature of God. You saw him introduced himself. He said, I forgive sin, rebellion. He is a forgiving God. And Psalm 103, verse 12, tells us that as far as the east is from the west, now not from Olu or Abriba to Ibadan, no, not that east and west. I'm talking about east and west, As in the east that you can't see and the west that you can't see. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our transgressions from us. It's limitless. That's what the blood of Jesus does. So when he says he has forgiven us, he says, but your sin I will remember no more. He has forgiven us. If you've not tapped into that forgiveness from God by being, giving your life to Christ, Dedicating your life to Christ, you've got a chance to do that in a minute. But God is telling you that he separates as far as the East is from the West. That's how far he has removed our transgressions for us. And as we go on to see more of the introduction, the last thing he talks about there, when he talks about the bot, about the guilty, about the wicked, there is a summary of that nature of God. And it's called justice 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 just means something very simple to make right the bible tells us that righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne that's heavy righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne making things right look justice means different for different people based on where we are, the challenges we are facing. You know, it could mean fire coming from heaven and striking your enemy dead. It could mean God preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. It it could mean many different things, but we're limited in our concept of grasping justice. That's why it says vengeance is mine. But let us be very clear. Yes, God is forgiving. God God is loving. You know, he's merciful but he's also a just God. He's not mocked. We might think that some things are getting, people are getting certain things, some things are getting done to us. God is not mocked. His own type of justice, his ways are different from our ways. Totally different from our ways. But he will make things right. He will make things right. May God make things right in your life in Jesus' name. And and as as we go through this this nature of God, you know, seeing what he has introduced himself at, who he is, how he relates with us, okay, we see how Moses responded in verse 8. How did Moses respond? Let's go back to verse 8 and see how Moses responded when God talked about these things. He said in verse 8, Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and did what? worship. Moses threw himself to the ground and worshiped when he saw the nature of God. We thank God for worship. We thank God for true worshippers. But it's even beyond that. Worship is a lifestyle. It's a walk. It's a walk with God. We'll get a chance to do even that more intimately in the next three weeks as we go into the season of prayer and fasting. But. I want us to internalize it in such a way that because of God's nature, you want to keep worshiping him in order to do. And when we sing songs like, this boy you love has come to worship you. This boy you love has come to worship you. as we begin to close if you want to join this worship of this all loving God this all merciful, all compassionate all forgiving God you've got a chance to do that he's waiting for you, put up that confirmation card again, he's giving you his card and telling you that I'm full of mercy my compassion is limitless and he's asking you do you want to join me, do you want to be with me If you want to do that, just raise your hand where you are. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. You know, if you really want to join God, just raise your hand where you are. If you are online, just indicate to the online pastors that you want to be part of this family, of this God that is compassionate and merciful. This just God. Just wave your hand. Don't put it down until you get a hand, a white card from the ushers. If you are online, please indicate uh, to the pastors online. God is waiting for you. <laughs>